And now, a Blaze Media podcast. So African gray parrots were given to a zoo, the Lincolnshire Wildlife Park in England. They were given individually. They are African gray, like I said. They had been given names, Eric, Jade, Elsie, Tyson, and Billy. They were quarantined together before being placed on display. Now, it appears that all the birds had one thing in common. They like to swear. And they like to swear at people. So the park chief, Steve Nichols, said every time he walked past, he'd get called a fat tart. (laughs) And he said they were swearing at each other. And they were starting to say F off. (laughs) He said that the birds would uh, share their favorite expletives, say the word correctly, and it was anything you could think of. So they said that they would uh, swear at each other, laugh and swear some more. And they had them out, they put them out, and then they would swear at the people, and the people would swear back at them, and then they would swear back. Now they've moved them away from the people because, according to them, we were worried about the kids. Well, put them in a little cage somewhere in the back and say adult parrot site or something. This is a good way to get people to the zoo. Now, you know, no one supports zoos more than chewing the fat. And I believe that, you know, obviously everyone is hurting for customers these days, thanks to the Rona. So I say we keep these birds going, the African greys, and let them keep swearing at the customers. That's a huge bonus of going to the zoo. I would definitely go out of my way to go to this zoo. If I could walk into the parrot cage and have them say, F off! Hey, fat tart! It would be awesome. And you'd be able to yell back at them? That would be great. I mean... These are the African greys. Now, I was around a yellow-naped Amazon parrot for a long time, for many years. And he could, you know, speak and sing. And it was great. It was so much fun. And and he didn't like people that much. So if you were, you know, other people, you know, if you were part of his life, you were good. You could pick him up. He would, you know, he would sit on your shoulder, walk up and down your arm, talk to you, nick at your ears and your sideburns. But... If you didn't know him and you reached your hand in to get him out of the cage, he would pop that beak on you. Back off. And uh, it was so much fun. He, for a long time, this bird, Pete, for many years when my oldest son was just a little baby, he used to have his little crib, you know, his playpen right there by the cage. And that bird, Elvis, 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 My oldest son could have picked that bird up and thrown it across the room, picked it up and thrown it against the room again, and done anything to that bird. And that bird would not have hurt Elvis for a second. I love parrots. So I say they're uh, Lincolnshire Wildlife Park. Let's get these parrots back and let's start getting some customers in there with the special African gray adult swearing at parents. It would be awesome. (laughs) Maybe it's just me. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. (laughs) 
I can't stop thinking about the parents. So, <laughs> what would be great? Now, they broke them up because I don't want them teaching all the other parents the swear words. What would be awesome is if every parent in the joint went crazy. They'd have to open it up as the parent swear house then. And I was thinking about the, you know, the parent that we had forever, the Amazon, the yellow-naped Amazon Pete. Yeah, that was his name, Pete. He would, he'd sing way down upon the Suwannee River. And uh, it was awesome. And then you'd cover him up at night. You know, time to go to bed, good night. And, uh, you know, you'd get up in the morning and you'd start moving around. And you'd leave the cover on the cage and you'd hear, hello, hello. And he would just gradually get louder and louder. Hello, somebody better get this thing off of my cage. Hello. That was awesome. So much fun. Now, this particular zoo, the Lincolnshire Wildlife Park, uh, had another zoo a while or another parrot a while back that was singing Beyonce songs. Now, there's audio of that. We don't have any audio of the swearing birds, which is very disappointing. But we have audios of the singing bird. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. That is great. And it's a Beyonce song, uh, If I Were a Boy. I wonder if she started uh, collecting royalties from the park. Hmm. Wouldn't surprise me. All right. How about that debate? Huh? If you're listening live to this show on the 30th of September, 2020. Wow. Tomorrow is the 1st of October, 2020. Amazing. Anyway, if you're listening live on the 30th of September, 2020, we had the big first debate with the presidential candidates with Donald Trump and Joe Biden last night. And it was agonizing. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeffy JFR. I live tweeted through the thing and we talked about it uh, all morning uh, this morning on Pat Unleashed. Uh, special Wednesday chewing the fat show, but it was a very special punky Brewster this morning. And we just covered, talked about the debate. We took some calls and you know, we covered it all. I, I, I can't, I don't want to get into it anymore. It's just, (sighs) I just wanted Donald Trump to be a little bit better at holding back. I, I told you not to underestimate Joe Biden, even though, you know, really he didn't do much to win anybody over, but I don't know that Trump did either. Um, anyway, if you watched it, you know what I'm talking about. And if you didn't bless your heart, because it was, uh, well, it was, uh, I'm sure probably the title of Pat's show today. (laughs) That was, uh, a cluster fun cluster fun is a good title for that debate last night. So, there you have it. Quick recap of the of the debate. I mean, we can... Nah, I can't. I just, I can't. We can talk about Chris Wallace. We can talk about Biden. We can talk about Trump. I, I can't. I just, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. We can talk about grocery stores. Stockpiling products. Yay! In case there's a second wave of coronavirus. 
uh, household products, paper towels, Clorox wipes. Couldn't find them for a while, right, during the pandemic. And uh, they weren't prepared, or I think that they were prepared. It's just that people got overzealous in their purchases. So according to this story, uh, Thanksgiving turkeys, holiday hams, they started backpiling or stockpiling some of these items. Uh, cleaning and sanitizing products. And so they're just keeping them all at the warehouse or in the back of the store. And they're hoping that, uh, you know, if there is a second wave, they're going to have extra herbal teas and cold remedies. And that's good, right? Because either way, they're going to sell them. It's just the way it is, right? And if you got them at a good price, you're going to make money anyway. That's the deal, right? You buy the... You buy the cases of stuff when they're on sale so that you still have some left over when they go off sale. So you sell the ones you bought at a discount because they were on sale at regular price and you make more money. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. That's what happens. Yes, sirree. doesn't happen at gas stations. You know, you'd think that uh, if you were to purchase gasoline at a certain price and then the price went up, the gas station would make that extra money. Nope. They just charge you what you have in your tanks. So if you bought 10 gallons at a dollar a gallon and you've got eight gallons left and it goes up to a dollar 25, then you also owe the extra 25 cents on the eight gallons left instead of already owning what you bought for a dollar a gallon weird i know really weird but that's the way it works and as long as we're on grocery stores whole foods ceo john Mackey, uh taking heat getting in trouble on social media for daring daring he's got this guy's got guts <laughs> uh, he said that american obesity has caused covid19 deaths well it has, and they said that obesity is the comorbidity that they've warned warned about. Huh. Now, Mr. Whole Foods, John Mack, he's, you know, Mr. I've got to, everybody's got to eat better. And that was his deal behind, you know, founding Whole Foods. Well, he believes that the majority of Americans are becoming food addicts, and he doesn't blame that on poverty. Duh. He said some people are moving in the right direction, but the majority of people are in the wrong direction. We see that through the way people eat versus the way they did 50 or 60 years ago. I mean, I would say that's good. That makes us a great country. But he's saying we're getting fat. We're getting sicker. And so there's a very high correlation between obesity and COVID deaths. Oh my gosh. There's a, there's a problem with covid and you've got diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, and uh, fatness. He didn't say fatness. <laughs> that was that was me saying uh, fatness. So he believes that we're all food addicts. And we love things that are rich and that are sweet and ice cream and popcorn and french fried potatoes. And the market is providing what we want. Okay? There's not an access problem. He doesn't think there's an access problem. He just thinks there's a demand problem. We've got to become wiser about our food choices. Duh. I mean, that's the whole point of being, listen, you're not telling me anything. All right. Chewing the fat. Got it? That's the show. That's the life. Okay. And he's talking about, look, we've got food addictions 
and people are just not conscious about it. We, that's what we eat, right? We like the fast food industry. We like the processed food. And these companies want to sell you what you want. Duh. That's the way it works. So he just wants people to become more aware and conscious about eating healthier. And then the market will respond to that. Simple thing. People want it. Someone will have it there to sell it for you, to sell it to you. Now, he took a beating for saying that because people on Twitter, as I suggest you come and spend some time in my lab with participants and patients with obesity, you will see just how very mistaken you were when you spread this misinformation and spewed weight stigma to the masses. Wait. Wait a second. What? Disingenuous. Purchased my favorite natural foods about 15 years ago. Went downhill from there. Local produce, gone. Junk health food, abundant and prominently displayed. Choices decreased to make room for trendy foods. That's what he's saying. He's saying that the demand is there and the stores are selling what the demand wants. That's the way retail works. Wow. I just, I can't believe he's taking a beating for that. Now, does he need to go around saying, hey, we're just fat, and uh, that's the deal. We're just selling we're selling fatness foods to fatness people. <laughs> I mean, you may want to think that, John, but you're the CEO, and you go ahead and do what you want at the old Whole Foods offices. But just remember, words have meaning. And you, sir, are now spewing your weight stigma... <laughs> <laughs> weight stigma stop it we've got we're being we're being forced with weight stigma we're supposed to enjoy uh the uh plus size models walking down the runways we're supposed to enjoy the plus size clothes and models that are being sold on our websites everywhere around america there's no the stigma is not liking fatness. So if you don't like fatness, that's the stigma. You're a bad person. Okay. All right. I mean, I want to agree with that being part of the fatness movement. And you can, you know, you can quote me on that. I am a you know, big part of the fatness movement, but come on now. Facts are facts. I know not in today's world. That's a hard thing to fathom. And, you know, we try not to bog people down with facts on this show, but facts are facts. More facts coming from Cherry Country in Michigan. You know, when I was a kid, and I know, this, here we go, it's an old kid story in Michigan, but I can, there are pictures somewhere around, uh, family pictures, sitting along the side of the road, eating cherry pies, eating, uh, you know, fresh cherries, cherry jams, I mean... Northern Michigan, in the southern part, the mitten part, the northwestern part of Michigan, um, is cherry country. No question, right? I mean, uh, uh, Charlevoix, Elk Rapids, Torch Lake, they all have the cherries, and it's Cherry Festival in August, and it's, you know, the stores have uh, cherry pies and jams and juice and salsa and pie fillings and it's just a big deal well now apparently uh turkey the country is undercutting 
the cherry prices here in the U.S. And they're trying to get Trump and the Growers Association and the commissions, the, the U.S. International Trade Commission, to start putting tariffs on them and help the farmers in Michigan because they're, they're not able to keep up with the prices. So even people in Michigan are getting cherries from Turkey instead of cherries from the Michigan farmers. So, uh, you know. Uh, That's one of the things that President Trump is pretty strong on. And I would hope that he takes care of it or certainly helps them with it. It's been a rough road for them, according to this story. Uh, Trump is all for them. But when you have the Trade Commission against you, looking for deals with other countries, good luck, God bless. Right? So, even if, and they don't have the money. They're saying that they don't have the money to fight all of these. So keep your fingers crossed and buy American, I guess is really what you need to do. When you, when you buy something with cherries, look for that American stamp, that Michigan cherry stamp, so that you are keeping it right here in America. Gosh, darn it. I see where, <laughs> as long as we're in Michigan, I see where uh, Gordon Ramsay is doing a big tour in Upper Peninsula. Uh, you know, I don't know what the hell he's doing up there. I've been up there a few times. Uh, Gordon. I mean, I know it's beautiful. Especially, well, this time of year is the time to go in Upper Michigan. If you're going to make a tour of Upper Michigan, now is the time. Uh, you start getting into later in the year and early in the beginning of years uh that's winter time and it gets cold and hot and snow and ice and you don't want to be up there you know unless you live there i know i'm gonna hear from all the youpers it's beautiful up here that's why we like it the snow and the ice uh-huh okay no problem no problem you can't even get soda companies to realize that you're part of michigan remember what i think it was mountain dew <laughs> I thought it was part of wisconsin okay no, it's the Upper Peninsula. It's the Youpers. Anyway, Ramsey is seen making the rounds up there. I guess he's shooting a new show. He's looking for places to film. And uh, they're taking pictures of him at different places around Upper Peninsula. So maybe he's going to highlight Northern Michigan. Okay. Uh, good. Maybe he's, I guess he's got a new show called Uncharted. And so he's you know busy filming for the new show. And by gosh, when you're in Northern Michigan... Uh, yes, you are in, uh, you know, uncharted areas. I know they're on the map, but you start getting up there to Copper Harbor and Houghton. (laughs) You are up there a ways, my friend. And come wintertime, I told you the story, I think. I don't know, but I remember a friend of mine was going to go to the, uh, uh, Michigan Tech which is in northern Michigan, I think Houghton, if I remember right, off the top of my head. But when he went up there to start school, he asked what the big, they have uh, they have big flagpoles, loose flagpoles on the corners, on the street corners that go up, you know, 20, 30 feet. And he asked what those were for. And he was told that those are, for when it snows, the snow plows know where the corners are so they can push the snow around the corners for people to drive. Uh, that's when he realized, you know, maybe, maybe I don't need to be here for that and decided to get the hell out of there. But those of you that live there, 
Bless your hearts. Let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink as it is. <sighs> oh, yeah. Something cold and refreshing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I don't know if I ever told you that, but it is good to drink that cold. All right. We're in the break room. Just a reminder to subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Oh my gosh, that's this show. If you're listening to this show right now and you are not a subscriber to the podcast, you are a shame to humanity. You know, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. You are a shame to humanity. You're listening to this show right now and you're not a subscriber. So choose a platform of your choice. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Then you will not be a shame on humanity. And you'll be, a, you'll be a decent person again. All you have to do is subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Now, sure, you can go along for the ride and follow me on social media, at JeffyJFR on Twitter, Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Parler. Uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher YouTube channel. Sure, you can follow all of those. But first and foremost, you do not want to be a shame on humanity. Subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher podcast. There. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry I had to tell you, but facts are facts. So remember a while ago, I was telling you I was watching a show on Netflix, I think, uh, that I couldn't believe that these episodes were still allowed to be on because they were really funny and they were covering topics that you just can't cover anymore. And I didn't want to tell you their name because if I say it out loud, then it's going to go away. Well, they've already started doing it to shows. Adult Swim, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, The Boondogs, uh, The Shivering Truth, they're all starting to remove seasons and remove episodes. Why? Current sensitivity issues. Oh, and then, you know, again, does it surprise me? No. Is it agonizing? Yes. But they are, they're right out telling you that uh, episodes have been permanently retired due to cultural sensitivities and there is no date planned for their return. So if you don't have it saved somewhere, then it's gone. Good luck, God bless, seeing those episodes again. And thanks to cultural current sensitivities, you're not going to see them, if ever, again for a long, long time. And I, I'm serious, the show that I was watching, I, I want to tell you what show it is so bad because the first two or three episodes were awesome. They were so funny. But and they were so truthful, but I can't believe that they're still allowed to be on because they they use words, they use situations, everything that in today's cultural sensitivity world, no way can those exist. And I need to go see if they're still up. And if they are, we need to I need to keep track to see when they go away. So 
not if they go away, but when they go away, then I'll tell you what show it was because it is uh, incredible to me that this, they're still up and they're already starting to purge. So if you like some shows or episodes that are, you know, you feel are up against current cultural sensitivities, save them somewhere that they can't take them away or watch them again, get them in your head because they're going to be going away soon. Not everything is bad. Reebok has created its first plant-based sneaker. <laughs> so I guess if you stand around too long, you're going to start you know, having weeds grow in your toes or something. I don't know. So it's producing in partnership with Sienna Farms. Consumers can buy the shoes and a half a bushel of vegetables in a CSA produce box beginning in October. Isn't that cute? I can get tennis shoes and vegetables all at one time. They're called Forever Float Ride. The shoes are made of castor beans, eucalyptus trees, and algae, uh, among other materials that are in there, you know. Um... Uh, they also have uh, shoes that are made from corn and organic cotton. Now, Bill McInnes, head of Reebok Future, we are growing shoes here at Reebok. <laughs> uh, that's what we like to say. <laughs> we are growing shoes. Get it? <laughs> here at Reebok. Ultimately, our goal is to create a broad selection of bio-based footwear that can be composted after use. We'll then use that compost as part of the soil to grow the materials for the next range of shoes. We want to take the entire cycle into account. Go from dust to dust. Now, you know, when you think of it like that, that's actually not that bad of an idea. Right? I mean, that's what we're supposed to do with our food. I mean, our grandparents did. You take the trash out, you burn the bad stuff. Oh, I mean, you know, not in today's world, you can't burn the bad stuff. But you throw the food remnants in your compost pile and you use the compost pile as fertilizer in the garden. And, you know, it's dust to dust. So if you're doing that with your shoes instead of burning them with the other stuff, you know, sure, I guess it's good. I, you know, If the shoes are okay... If you can get, you know, if the shoe's made of castor beans and eucalyptus trees and algae, along with the ones from corn and organic cotton, are worthy, why not? Why not? And did you see the video? I'll show it to you here. Look. It's right there. Uh, Gravity Industries. It's a UK-based uh, company that have created this new suit for paramedics i know kind of cool it's a jet pack for the paramedics in this remote area of england so they strap on the jet pack and they travel you know they can go places that people are hurt it takes them 25 or 30 minutes maybe to get to someone who's hurt navigate this terrain but in the jet pack takes them about a minute and a half kind of cool you put the jetpack on. It's got these. Uh, it's got these rockets on your arms and your legs. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> you can travel at thirty-two miles an hour, and about twelve thousand feet. 
that's you know top speed and top altitude i'm guessing this is just a thought this could be a fatness fact but i'm guessing that someone like myself who is athletically overweight may not be able to get up to 12,000 feet and may not be able to travel 32 miles an hour. I don't know that. I'm just guessing. But kind of cool, right? I mean, this place that they're they're using it in, the Lake District in Northern England, that's where, you know, hikers go there and it's harsh terrain and it changes weather fast. So last year alone, they had to rescue 584 people. Wow, that's a lot. And if it takes a shorter time to get to most of these people by strapping on a jetpack with these paramedics, good. That's great. Now, I don't know if you'd be able to use this in the city. Uh, some guy <laughs> coming down 6th Avenue in a jetpack, good luck surviving. <laughs> you're getting shot down. Uh, in most cities in America, you're getting shot down. Another paramedic takes a fall. Or, you know, maybe if you crash in the mountains, you're a little bit better off than if you crash on 6th Avenue. Uh, it, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it works out. But at least they're testing it out in the rough terrain in the rocky hills of northern England. And hopefully uh, they can work it out. So you just strap on that bad boy off you go be kind of cool taking jetpacks to work nice so every day we get better news or new better news new better news Uh, coming from california governor gavin newsom signed a bill this past weekend allowing transgender inmates to be placed in prison based on their gender identity. (laughs) It's about time, right? Okay, so the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, the CDCR, will now house inmates based on their gender identity rather than their sex assigned at birth. Only if the state does not have management or security concerns with individual inmates. You know, I don't know how long they get away with saying they have management or security concerns. So the officers are required to ask inmates privately during the intake process if they identify as transgender, non-binary, or intersex. Then inmates can request to be placed in a facility that houses either men or women. Now, the CDCR cannot deny requests solely because of inmates' anatomy or sexual orientation. When a request is denied, the state must provide a written statement to the inmate explaining the decision and give them an opportunity to object. Wow. Okay. These new laws, according to this, will help us better understand the impacts of COVID-19 on the LGBTQ community. Establish a new fund to support our transgender sisters and brothers and advance inclusive and culturally competent efforts that uphold the dignity of all Californians, 
regardless of who you are or who you love. Similar laws protecting transgender inmates exist in Rhode Island, New York City, and Massachusetts. What could possibly go wrong? I know many of you are thinking, hey, it's prison. If we decide you shouldn't have done what you did wrong to get thrown in prison. So if we decide you're a man, you're a man. If it says so on your birth certificate, or if it says you're a woman on your birth certificate, you're a woman, and we're going to send you to these prisons. You would be wrong. Okay. <laughs> wow. Are you wrong? Okay. Because this is a very important step, a very important step in protecting transgender inmates rights and dignity. Okay. So there. Yeah. That's what I thought. Just keep going. Keep going. There's also a new study out that shows lesbians, gays, bisexuals are more likely to get migraines. I know they're at a greater risk. Look, that's what the study said. Now, did the study say, hey, because you're lesbian, gay, or bisexual, that's why you're getting migraines? Nope. They couldn't pinpoint the reasons why. So, okay. We just know that they are much more likely than straight people to get migraines. And uh, indicating sexual orientation may be a risk factor for the painful and disabling headaches. Maybe. Nearly one-third of lesbian, gay, and bisexual participants experienced migraines, 58% more than did heterosexual participants in the survey. And this was done by, say it with me, the University of California. I'm not saying that had anything to do with the outcome of the study. I'm just saying it's where the survey took place published in the journal of the American medical association neurology. And you know, who doesn't get a copy of that every, whenever it comes out, but the survey by the university of California slash San Francisco, uh, published it in the journal of American medical association neurology. Now, overall, it says here more than one in six people in the United States experience migraine headaches and they are debilitating. No question. Uh, I don't get migraines, uh, you know, uh, like what they're talking about, you know, where they're talking about sensitivity to light, sound, blurred vision, nausea, vomiting. My grandmother, I remember had this horribly, uh, you know, I mean, they'd pull the blinds and, you know, washcloth on the eyes and you had to be quiet and, you know, my, uh, it's really bad. It's really bad. And I know my daughter uh, gets headaches, but I don't think hers are as bad, but, you know, she's young, so we'll see. I'm hoping not. I'm hoping that that isn't the case. Uh, Have I said too much? Probably for her. Uh, But they don't know why there's a higher rate of migraines in the LGBTQIA plus audience. Now, of course, since they couldn't pinpoint any of the reasons, we absolutely have to have our own theories on 
what could make this happen. And Dr. Jason Nagata, an assistant professor of pediatrics at University of California, San Francisco, definitely has those. There might be a higher rate of migraines in LGB people. I don't know what happened to the GQ plus people, but specifically this is the LGB people uh, because of discrimination, stigma, or prejudice, which may lead to stress and trigger a migraine. Okay. Physicians should be aware that migraines are quite common in LGB individuals and assess for migraine symptoms. Well, yeah. Uh, And then it goes on to talk about hate crimes against LGBT plus people have slightly risen in recent years. According to most recent data, uh, LGB people may be at a higher risk for migraines also due to barriers of receiving health care. Are you kidding me? Come on now. Everyone has some sort of barriers, especially in these times. And uh, there aren't a lot of barriers for people to receive health care. You go into a hospital, you're getting fixed. Or at least they're looking at you. Okay? Uh, no question. No matter who you are, you walk in, you're getting fixed. Maybe not fixed. I should rephrase that. You're getting looked at. They might say, hey, <laughs> thank you and your broken leg and your headache out of here. But you're getting looked at. Okay, so 85% of Americans who suffer from migraines are women, according to the Migraine Research Foundation, which is a U.S.-based nonprofit that researches migraine treatments. Migraines appear to be more common among black Americans and Americans with lower socioeconomic status. According to the National Headache Foundation, which is another U.S.-based nonprofit that raises awareness about headache and migraine pain. Okay, so according to the Migraine Research Foundation, 85% of Americans who suffer from migraines are women, and according to the National Headache Foundation, migraines appear to be more common among black Americans and poor white people. So, there's that. So, if you're getting migraines... That could be the reason why. So Fat Bear Week starts, and we will definitely get into the breakdown of the brackets of Fat Bear Week here in a couple of minutes. But I wanted to talk about uh, Wyoming's Grand Teton National Park. They have a problem. They have a problem of invasive mountain goats. And they pose a life-threatening risk to the region's bighorn sheep. So they don't know what to do with them. So a bunch of agencies are now up in arms over the way that it's being taken care of. So they said, well, uh, look, what we're going to do is we're going to let hunters come in and they can just kill as many as they want. (laughs) So, I mean, the wildlife advocates are all like, yeah, this is a hunter's dream. We're letting them in. We're letting them loose inside a national park. Kill as many goats as possible. Now, in February... When the plan was launched, they said, go ahead, go ahead, get on in there and kill us some goats. And the sharpshooters all came back with 38 goats in one day, which is a third of the park's population in one day. In one day, all you heard at Wyoming's Grand Teton National Park (laughs) 
and down the goats went so there you have it now after that first day they paused the elimination program Ooh, no uh you guys were doing way too good a job so take it easy okay (laughs) don't start it's not a good idea to start setting uh, hunters loose uh go go kill as much as you want okay all right you guys can stop now too good a job wrap it up download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts all right before we get to the brackets on fat bear week 2020 i wanted to i I meant to do this the other night yesterday i forgot i want to congratulate the tampa bay lightning on winning the stanley cup in the national hockey league they defeated the dallas stars uh, four games to two they were it was an awesome uh nha nhl stanley cup finals uh the last time that the lightning won we were there uh my my oldest son and i went to every game but the final game Uh, i had tickets uh every game throughout the playoffs and through the championships and then the person who i was getting the tickets from uh they were great seats i mean they were beautiful uh he decided of course oh this is the game that they're going to win the stanley cup uh sure i've let you use them for every game but you can't go tonight that night i'm going to the stanley cup game and you know what are you gonna say well no (laughs) sure you've been giving me your two great seats for the every playoff game and every stanley cup finals game throughout the season but now the game where they're going to win the stanley cup you're not going to give it to me whatever it was you know I mean, it was fantastic. We had so much fun. And so it was great to see them win again. It brought back all the memories of being there. And, you know, they're playing in, they're in a bubble up in the NHL bubble up in Edmonton, Alberta. So nobody's there. And it's just really sad that no fans are there. But good for them. Congratulations. And I know I live in Dallas now, so I'm really bummed that the Dallas Stars didn't win. But congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. Um, and, you know, Tampa Bay looking for the triple crown now. <laughs> now you say, wait, what's the triple crown? Well, you win the Stanley Cup in the National Hockey League. You win the World Series with the Tampa Bay Rays in Major League Baseball. And then you win the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And both of those are doable not probable but doable so that would be kind of cool and it would be really cool for it to happen for the rate for the rays boom man i need a drink i'm sort of getting some kind of dry hiccup without soda mm. what am i doing so it'd be really cool if the rays do it and then the bucks win the super bowl with tom brady at quarterback oh man that city would be on fire almost be willing to move back there for that all right fat bear week it's uh fat bear week has started today the brackets are open so i'll put the facebook page uh the uh, katmai national park facebook page 
I'll put a link up on my social media so you can go and vote. But, you know, the brackets are there. And so the first ones are uh, 151 Walker and Bear 856 and then Bear 402 and Bear 812. If they don't have names, they just get a number. I know it's sad. It said like Holly 435 Holly won last year. She's in Saturday's bracket, um, and she's going to go up against the winners as the for the next couple of days. And then you have Otis 480 Otis. I know, I know 435's Cub. So we'll see. But I was looking at the first bracket that they posted for 856 and 151, right? 151 Walker and 856. And the pictures of beginning to now, wow, it looks like, and if I'm voting, I'm thinking 151 Walker uh, is better than Bear 856. Bear 856 did some distance, got gained some weight, looking good. And you can go to the National Park uh, and watch the video cameras and watch the bears eat. But it appears to me that... 151 Walker has done a better job of fattening up rather than uh, 856. So I'm going to vote for 151. And I want to be able to do that. And there's the link that takes you to the voting page. Ooh, and they turned it around a little bit, trying to fool you just a little bit. Uh, 151 Walker is on the other side, and 856 is on the other side. But the view on the Facebook page has it reversed. So here we go. I'm voting for 151 Walker. Vote. And there you have it. And they want my email address. Why do I need to send them my email address? But okay. I did. Here are the current results. Where are the current results? I want to see the current results. Oh, they haven't posted the second one. Okay. So they haven't. Uh... Oh, no. Here we go. Yeah. So what? Stop it. 856 is, is fatter than 151 by almost double. No, thank you. Uh, I can tell you right now, the fix is in for 856. Uh, go to the link as I post it, and you're going to, if, oh man, now I'm ticked. And I haven't even looked at 402 or 812 yet, because, well, as I'm recording this podcast, for those of you listening live, uh, our, uh, they haven't posted the second round yet. They post one, they post the two rounds each day, but they, stagger them they don't do it at once so i gotta wait till a little bit later to vote on the other two but i was this the fix is in for 856 we'll be talking to uh one of the rangers as fat bear week continues here on chewing the fat because now i think that the fix is in for 856 that must be one of the rangers babies or something and uh we're gonna find that out for sure that's highway robbery on 151 i feel bad for him so I'll post the link on my uh, social media sites, or you can just go to the uh, Katmai National Park. It's a Facebook Katmai NPP, and their links and stories are there for Fat Bear Week, and you can participate as well. But uh, and you can, and they have links to the uh, cameras there, so you can watch the uh, 
You can watch the bears uh, eat on the Brooks River. And it's pretty cool seeing them. <laughs> it's fascinating. And you just, after a while, it's like, oh my God, I've been watching this stupid video for 30 minutes. It's time to move on. And you're like, wait, that's my bear. I've got to get going. All right, one more quick animal story. Apparently, there's raccoons at the White House. And there's a pack of raccoons, and one of them attacked a reporter and a cameraman and grabbed on a pant leg. I, If there's no footage, is it real? Because I know that raccoons are out and about, and they've got a pack of raccoons or a family of raccoons that are wandering around the White House that they're trying to catch. And they're sneaky little devils. Uh, they can go anywhere. And they, they have their families, and they're big, and the, some of the adult raccoons will jump up on trash cans and push them over and eat, and they'll look at you like, what? Bring it. I'm doing what I want to do. And they have four or five, and if they need a place to stay, they find a little a climb up in your attic, they're climbing your basement. They're sneaky little devils. And according to the White House, they've set out traps, and they haven't caught them. The National Park Service has said they've evaded capture. Well, maybe you're doing it wrong. And they're smart little, I'm calling them devils, but I'd like to call them another word. And they say that it grabbed a pant leg of a photographer and then a correspondent. Now, I'm not saying that a photographer and a correspondent would lie. That's part of the White House pool. But you have photographers and correspondents on the North Lawn and we don't have I don't have footage in the story of the raccoons attacking or running away or even just the butt of a raccoon going into a bush something so i find it hard to believe is it possible absolutely doubtful without actual footage of these attack raccoons yes <laughs> 